Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today we are having a podcast panel discussion. And we all know how the podcast panels go. They turn into exactly what they need to be on whatever day it is. Today's topic is identity. And identity is my jam. Identity is something that changes throughout um, our years, our roles, our relationships, our responsibilities. As we grow as women and individuals, and especially as business owners, it, it definitely has different faces. Um, and so I'm really interested to have this conversation today, and I'm really happy to have the guests that I have on because panels make me happy. I love to get the different perspectives. I love to get the different backgrounds. I love to get insight into um, opinions and, and, and different, different perspectives of the same concept. So I want to welcome you guys to today's show. And today I have two special guests. I have Susan Greif. And I have Sajatha Daffer. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Thank you for inviting us. I'm glad Good to, to be here. All right. So I want to start off with Saj. I want Saj to tell us, what do you think of when you hear of the term identity as it relates to you? I am one of those people who found... Uh, an identity at 30 years of age. So I, identity is one, as you said, identity is, um, it's a concept that, that we develop from the birth. And initially it has been given to you, it's been told to you. And you, uh, over the course of time, you acquire, I mean, you accumulate belief systems and values and and your experiences, all of that. But then in my case, I grew up in India. So all of your life and all of your identity is given to you. It's really hand over to you. And you don't really have a choice to say that this is not my identity. So at 30 years of age, when I, I started rebelling against it, and then I had to go actually find out what my true identity is. And I, I think it, it keeps, as you said, it keeps evolving. My identity, when, when I hear identity, it's, um, it's life experiences. Uh, what the life experiences has made you, what core beliefs you have. And interestingly, it is also what part of the identity you show to the world and what part of the identity that you do not show to the world. That is also part of your identity. It's an interesting thing. That is what most interests me the most. That's an interesting concept. Susan, what do you have to say to what she just said? That's an, I love her definition. I love her definition. I, I definitely believe that identity is who... Um, you know, I would love to say um, nature, but there's so much of it is nurture. And so much is about who brought us up, who taught us, the cultures, the beliefs, everything. And then just, and you just keep evolving, as Saj said, you keep evolving and bringing different people into your life and, and absorbing different information from other people and be creating that to become your own belief system, your own identity. Um, and like Saj says, we, we wear a mask to the world. Sometimes we're not Absolutely. happy with who we are. 
And so we wear a mask to the world and, you know, but there's somebody else behind it. You know, one of my, uh, one of my um, exercises I do with some of my clients is I actually give them a mask and I tell them, you know, design the mask the nicest you can design it. So they actually they put pretty and glitter and whatever on it. And then the, the next week they come back, I turn it around inside out and said, now draw who you really are because you all wear a mask and we all have something we hide. I mean, social media is one of the places we all wear masks. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what we want people to see. That's not real life. And I tell people that all the time. What stood out to me that you said, um, Sag, is that you said that your identity in India is given to you. And that stood out to me because it's not, it's not just there. You know, you, you, we look at things here and we always think it's different, but it actually isn't because, you know, mm-hmm. our self-concept is developed so early, but we're also told what we're good at, what we should do, what road and what path we need mm-hmm. to follow. And God forbid our family actually have um, legacy. You know, it may be something that they want to pass down or, you know, where you want to live or land or, you know, just different things. But I know for many people, we often walk down the path that's designed for us not the one that is meant for us. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has a lot to do with our identity. And it also has to do with the nurturing aspect because we don't want to disappoint the person that raised us or the people that have this perception of us. We want to make them proud and we want to, to live in, you know, up to what they expect of us. But it often contradicts who we are. Yes, it does. Right. It's um, so if you notice, if you if you have really observed, most of the time the defined identities are a lot more applicable to women. I mean, we are expected to follow the defined identity than men. They have the. Um, I mean, it's. I am not uh, putting the, their struggles down. They do have. Do they? We have harsh um, defined identities for them too. The uh, provider, you gotta get this job, all of that. But at the same time, women women get a little bit more um, strict identity definitions. Like you said. Uh, until I came here, I believed that it is uh, only in Asian cultures. But then after coming here, talking to a lot of women, I also realized that, no, it's not really. Most of us do. Um, the nurture is there. Nurture, most of the time, overtakes the nature mm-hmm. in, in our cases. Because you are, I'll give you a simple example. You are a girl. You have to sit in certain way. You have to behave certain way. You're mm-hmm. not supposed to um, speak before your husband. It's, it, those, are, those are those become definition of our identity. We start believing that. We start thinking that, um, okay, I'm a little lesser than my peer guy. Mm-hmm. And our identity becomes that. I always call it life script. I'd say that jokingly, and I, I wrote in my book too, that um, we are handed over a life script. It doesn't matter what you want to do. It doesn't matter whether you want, where you want to go. You're handed a life script. You're supposed to follow that. You're supposed to grow up a good girl. You're supposed to go to a school. If you're lucky, you get to do a job. You're supposed to marry, have children, raise children, then die. That is pretty much what the life script is. 
nobody wants to wants a woman to stand up and then say that you know what i am going to do this if 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 and i went through this in my culture um if a woman dare to do that dare to define her identity herself hmm. then she will be labeled ostracized kicked out of the society so that's an interesting part of i i really thought it was mostly in indian culture or asian culture because that is my base reference but mm-hmm. in last 15 years i have noticed it across i mean i lived in many cities in us and i have lived, i noticed it across it mm-hmm. doesn't matter it's just there mm-hmm. but at the same time when you define your identity yourself i find that as the most rewarding experience ever reason for me personally it is is that because once i define my identity my life purpose also evolved out of it yes then when that came in it came with so much joy and even though it is hard even though mm-hmm. it is difficult to do it it came with so much satisfaction and as susan said once i define my identity my mask came off i mean i lost a lot of friends and colleagues and family but i am really happy embracing that authentic self so all of that starts with us defining our own identity and unfortunately in this world and time we have to really struggle to define that absolutely Susan, what do you think? I, you know, I, I agree with uh, Sanj. I feel like I was raised by um, European parents who survived the Holocaust. So oh, wow. there was also the very traditional roles of the wife, you know, being subservient to the husband and the husband goes and takes the job. And, you know, my parents were first, you know, were immigrants. So, you know, my father worked very hard and my mother was home nurturing us. And uh, as most women, you know, the first thing we do is we learn to play with our dolls, right? We nurture them, we feed them, we put the hair, we dress them. So we'll learn to be nurturers. That was our role that was already defined for us. But it's also a little bit more innate, you know? I mean, you know, we could be playing with trucks, but we prefer to play with the dolls. So there is something um, innate with that. And then we continue to nurture. And of course, as I said, like then we're, our roles are defined, you know, you know, the girls could be, you know, let your brother play, let your brother do this. And, you know, the daughter should clean up, you know, help mommy clean up and the boys can go do a different thing. So it's kind of the upbringing, the belief system. Um, and, and I think I tried to rebel as a, as a teenager and I was a good kid because like you don't upset your parents, you know, oh, but I'm, of rebelling was like hey, I'm gonna, maybe I'll go to dental school because that's a male field because you know my whole my my brother my father and my mother all male chauvinists and it was like it bothered me so much that they felt the women's places in the home and it really was upsetting to me so I was gonna do whatever I could do to go to you know dental school and the thing is I got engaged right before I went to dental school and so I looked to my parents and I was like what are you bothering going to dental school it's like you know you're getting married you don't need to work anymore and and I did weigh a lot of the options and and the options of course you know was you know do I have kids right you know do I spend so I did give up dental school I gave up a lot of myself with my husband and my children I lost myself a lot 
you know, there's a time I tried to find myself and I did photography and I did a, a whole, I went on a mission and I did a whole photo journalism and it was post, it was, it was published in magazines and shown in store in in museums and in art galleries. And then I told my husband, okay, I think I'm going to go to, for, you know, photojournalism. This is, you know, where are you going? Yeah. Four kids at home. So, you know, again, I just kept finding myself going through a depression until I can figure out what it is I want to do. And when I actually, when I did my photographies, I signed it with my mid, with my maiden name. And my husband looks like, what are you signing it with your maiden name for? What happened to your married name? It's like, you know, this is the only thing that's really who I am. It has nothing to do with you and nothing to do with the children. So I kept my maiden name in my photographs. So that was it. But until I went back to school, until I figured out what I really wanted to do, I, I was having identity struggles. And I know if I mentioned this before to you, Anika, it's like I had that dream, you know, like not being able to get on the airplane. And one of the reasons right. is because I had, I kept leaving my passport at home and that passport was actually my identity. And that was my aha moment. Go figure yourself, go get your own identity, go figure yourself out and see what you need exclusive of the children, your husband and whoever else. You know, it's so interesting that I'm listening to both of you because my story is absolutely different. Um, mm -hmm. I was raised by a single mother. So my mother was, uh, she was very, um, very wise, very smart. I watched her get her master's and her PhD. So like my whole childhood, she was in school bettering herself. She was in academia. Prior to that, she was in the military. So I never really saw her home cleaning. It was us, <laughs> me and my brother. Um, I never, you know, it was a concept of hard work. It was a concept. It was never a concept of being a woman. It was a don't need a man. Um, you know, I learned how to change oil. I learned how to do things that, you know, other women often don't learn because my grandfather taught me because my mother made sure that I knew. And she used to tell me all the time, never need a man for anything. And she said, make your own. And so even when I got married, it was hard because I don't need my husband. I want right. my husband. And so, right. you know, I, I guess like listening to you guys, I feel like a rebel. I kind of like it. Um, but I, <laughs> but I, I look back and I, I've struggled a lot because, uh, especially living in the South, it's been really hard for me because even with my friends, I'm a lot different than them. And I think that's what kind of allowed me to kind of start the business and really push it because there's more women like me now who are saying, Hey, I am not just a role. You know, I don't care what history says I'm, I'm made for, I'm made for more than that. And I just want women to understand that, yes, we can do all those things. We can be moms. We can be wives. We can be spouses. We can be friends. We can be professionals, but we could also be business owners. We can also be, you know, whatever we want to be. And, and it's funny because I'm having an identity crisis as far as my appearance, because what I finally realized is that I have matured, you know, after 35, it's like you reach this peak in your life as a woman where you're like, okay, I'm done having babies you know, they're older, they're all in school. This is my first year that all my children are in school. And even this morning, my daughter was, um, she was in the county spelling bee. And I was telling Saj, I was like, I feel bad because I was like, when is it over? <laughs> like, I, got, I got things to do. And it's hard to find that balance. But I also love the fact that I have to find balance, that I'm not sitting at home saying, what am I made for? Where am I supposed oh, yeah. to fit in? <laughs> Or that I'm not settling 
for a job or something that I'm not designed to do because how many times have we done that just trying to find ourselves or just trying to get out of the house or just trying to do this and I know that there's listeners out there that can relate because that's why we're having this conversation is that I think almost every woman has been there we all been there we all uh, we all are there so it's um it's very interesting how um, uh, as we, we, we change our hats, we, as we change from mom to uh, a, an employee to a business owner to whatever you be, we struggle because most of the time people around us and society is telling us, no, you're doing it wrong. You, mm-hmm. That's not how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying to establish an identity for yourself, the backlash of it or the resistance to it is much higher for women usually. And especially women with kids. And I have, I have friends who doesn't want kids and then um, that's part of who they are. And, I, and they go through, I see their struggle because they have to explain why they, that, that is, that, that is their decision why that is part of their who they are and we question that all the time you don't want children why why do what's you wrong with you exactly. yeah, what's wrong with you it's so, not normal yeah and the, the, the funny part is even women itself they we we have been so brainwashed into thinking one way that we cannot seem to think out of the line out of the box mm-hmm. i um i always tell my friends that you know what, just go after what you want. And then I get excuses that, oh, I'm old. I have kids. Um, I don't know what my husband is going to think. And my family is going to be disappointed. I said, so what? So what? What do you think? What do you think? And, you know, and I think that's part of our loss of identity is that we continuously do things for others. Yes. And I was a people pleaser. Oh, my gosh. I was the best people pleaser there is until about a year ago. And I mean, I still was a little bit about three months ago, but I think I'm completely over it now. But that's something that I think is part of that nurture that is in us is that Mm -hmm. we, you know, we don't want to care what people think, but we do, you know, we do. But ultimately, if we're not doing what we're designed or what we want to do or what we are destined to do, we're not going to be happy in any of those roles. And the funny part, if you are not happy, the people you're taking care of, they're not happy. You, because mm-hmm. you don't give your best self when you're unhappy. And um, it's interesting, my aha moment uh, or my definition of identity started with the birth of my son. I had a C-section and the nurse brought him to me and I'm looking at him and then I'm thinking, oh my dear God, why? What, what made you think that I can actually take care of a child? Then I spent sitting there and looking at his pink face and I keep thinking and I, I have to teach him a lot of things. I have to raise him right. But I don't live right. I don't live as myself. Then how can I raise? I, I have this strong rule that I don't lie. So then how can I raise a child like that? Mm-hmm. That's where I started slowly transforming and it took me eight years to be able to stand up and courageously say that this is who I am. Mm -hmm. You can take it or leave it. And that's a really hard path for most of the women to to walk. 
and um, I've been talks like this and books and articles. It's been coming out quite a bit, and then I've been seeing a lot of changes lately. It's still hard, though. It is hard, and you're saying how yeah, we're all about still taking care of people, but what we keep leaving out is taking care of ourselves. You know, we talked about the heart. You know, the heart is duality. The heart is you know, giving and receiving, you know, blood, healthy blood, bad blood, right? So life is duality, it pumps, you hear it, you know, tick-tock, tick-tock, tock, right? So if we, we must learn to give, must learn to receive, to create that healthy balance. Somebody wants to see the analogy of, you know, if, we're, if, we're, if we are the vehicle, if we are the car driving our loved ones around, and the car runs out of gas, what good are we to our loved ones? You know, we really need to be refueled so we can take care of others. And uh, it's really hard because I have a lot of female clients and it's really hard for everyone to think of themselves, to think about taking care. It's like there's there's this little guilty, you know, there's something guilty when the stewardess tells us to put the mask on our love, you know, on ourselves first. Like, yeah. you know, we talked about We that. talked about that, yeah. <laughs> we can't do this. My kid, what about my baby? Like, <laughs> think first. I know, I know, but how can you help the baby if you don't take care of yourself? And that's what you're saying, Taj. And I wish, like, more mothers that I see, or when I take care of kids and the mothers drop their kids off and say, okay, take care of my child. They're anxious, he's depressed. And I'm saying, like, wait a minute, like, who is she modeling this from? You know, how, who is this child modeling this from? And I would have the mother come in and, you know, she's learning from you. You know, you can tell your child, you can scream at your child to like stop crying, but you have to show how you feel, how you deal with your anxiety and depression. Very true. So the mother could be screaming and yelling. You know, the mother screams and yells and gets upset with the child and she screams and yells. So. You know, we, 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 I'm hiding because that's me. See, um, my oh. pedi- <laughs> when when my kids are small, my pediatrician gave me this advice. Um, so she said, um, you can twenty four seven, you can tell them what to do, but in that twenty four hours of a day, if for five minutes you are doing something, most probably they will learn that five minutes. Exactly. So they are always watching. She sees it. They always think there is two tiny eyes watching you. And they are watching. So you, by living our truth, by living, embracing who we are, by um, embracing an authentic life, we are, we are helping our kids, really. Um, right. We are teaching our boys and girls and to go after what they want instead of defining it for them. Right. I think it's, it's um, to find your yeah, it's to find your authentic voice, to figure out what in your heart you really want and the knowledge in your mind that you've already learned or experienced and using your voice to express your needs and your desires. It's women are told like be quiet, be quiet, you know. Very so. very true because you know we're supposed to have soft voices, you know, we're not supposed to scream from right. the rooftops, but the reality of it is, is how are we, how are we best heard? Right. An interesting thing is there was a study done years ago. I don't know if it still holds true, but children tend to listen to a man's voice much quicker than they listen to a woman's voice because the man's voice is deeper and stronger. Women's voice are higher pitched. So we can scream and we can yell, but they still like, they'll tune us out. It's like when you get into a deep, serious, you know, mm-hmm. they'll hear mm-hmm. you more that way. 
then I used to hate meal. that study. I knew it and I knew it was right. <laughs> but as a single mom, people used to always say to me, you just need a man around. And oh, I used to hate, my God, I I used hated to it too. hate for people to say that. I was like, listen to me. I am mother and father and everything that I can be. I cannot create something that's not there. And I'm doing the best thing that I can do. The sad thing is scientifically, scientifically, it's correct. But it hurts, you know, because yes. we do the best that we can do. But some of these studies are very true. And, you know, that's part of the identity process is that it's okay to acknowledge the truth. It's a matter of how we deal with it. And right. for many of us, we have shaped our identity around our circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I know that I think, wow, I'm having a reality right here. Um, I'm having a revelation. So I just realized that what I'm struggling with in my identity crisis right now is that I've been a single mother for 10 years now I'm not. And that's really hard because you're so used to doing everything yourself. And then when you have help, you cry for help, you pray for help, you wish for help. But when you have help, you don't know what it looks like. You just know that you're tired. You don't know what to do with it because I've been in the same boat as you. I've been a single mother and I do everything by myself. And when my husband and we got married a year ago and suddenly I don't know what to do with it. And then he, it's, it's, it's funny because the, well, he once said that when our shower was broken, I didn't ask him to fix it. I just fixed it. And then he just started laughing. And um, just like that, he has to remind me that you're not alone in this. Yes. I am there with you. Mm-hmm. And, but I keep, and then the hardest part for me is to accept that help no, being a single mother for so long. But that's why I said sometimes we don't even know what help looks like because I'm, try- I'm having a hard time deciphering what is help and what is control. I'm like, yes. no, no. Because I'm like, I'm so used to doing things. It's like, oh, now I don't have to do everything. So now I don't know what I want to do because I've never had a choice. It's like, do I want to make the lunches? Do I want to sweep the floor? Do I want to, I have a choice in this matter. Like, so it's hard because that's why I said identity comes in, sh- in shifts and seasons and, you know, as mm-hmm. maturation, because we, we have things that happen to us throughout our lives that can change the whole scope of things. And then people say, who are you? Right. You're not the same Anika. Right. Well, how can I be? The circumstances are completely different. And now I have to find myself all over again. And a lot of people don't understand that, but I want people to understand that's absolutely okay. Because you do have to tweak it. You know, you have to kind of custom right. make it for your life and, and see how it works. And anytime you add or su- subtract from that equation, it's going to shift. It's a growth. It's a learning and growth, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, what is the best teacher? Situation, circumstances, things that happen to us. These are the lessons that we get. Adversity. If you yeah. are stuck in the past, who, past of explanation of definition of who you are, then you cannot move forward. So all we can say is, this is who I am right now, and I'm going to evolve into something else tomorrow. And that is completely okay. Susan also said something about being able to receive. And I heard her loud and clear because that's something that is abnormal to many. We're givers, we help, we're helpers, we're servant leaders, but we often don't accept help. We don't accept um, gifts, you know. 
when people said you need to do self-care well i've taught self-care for like 10 years but i always thought it was selfish to go do something for myself or to have time by myself or to take myself out to eat or to date myself i really used to think that that was selfish and now i realize even if that's the word that people want to use it's okay like it is okay and we need that to keep peace of mind you know it's a lot of people when they're in situations and circumstances they run from themselves and i can honestly say i i did that i hid behind my kids because i was unhappy with myself and i was unhappy with my circumstance i was never going to say that out loud so i just avoided you know being alone or doing things by myself or doing things as anika rather than as the kid's mom you know and I think a lot of women may be stuck in that area because it's easier to be a role than to identify yourself as who you are. It takes work. Right. It takes, you have to ask yourself the question, the hard questions, right? Um, do I like this? Do I not like this? Do I, am I going to stand on my feet? Am I going to be a dependent? Am I okay with being a dependent? So there is a lot of hard questions that you need to ask yourself. Most of the time, we don't want to do that because we don't want the answers. It's, right. it's, well, it's hard. Right. So just one thing that you were talking about earlier about receiving. The one thing I think women have a really hard time receiving is a compliment. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I love your dress. And everybody say, oh, this old thing, or you look like you lost weight. You kidding me? My thighs are still big. You know, we, we can't even accept you can't even say thank you. And with gratitude, there's so much, it brings so, makes your heart better. You know, the whole gratitude idea of gratitude. Um, but the thing I also wanted to share is I know you women, you said you were divorced and now you're both married. I'm still married. So I went into my parents' relationship to my husband's relationship. So, you know, and I raised my kids for 20 years until I said, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to find my own identity and figure out what I want to do. And and that meant me going back to school. That meant me like starting my own business. I never knew anything about business. I had to hire a business coach because I didn't know nothing about it. Um, and it was, it kind of shook up the harmony in the house. All of a sudden I'm not mm-hmm. home every moment. My husband needs me and to, you know, help him out or do the groceries or whenever it works, you know, dinner wasn't on the table exact same time. It's, you know, so all of a sudden, like there's a shift in the harmony in the home and and my husband, you know, had a hard time with it because I'm changing, I'm evolving. Mm-hmm. And I, it took a while for the ripple effect to take, you know, of him mm-hmm. saying, oh, she's really doing this. She's really doing something. And it was about like two years ago, I invited him to my first speaking engagement. It was in front of 200 women. And he was totally blown away because I don't, it didn't involve him. I said, yeah, I do. He's like, he doesn't, you know, he didn't, he's so left brain, logical, you know, quantify, you need to quantify things and so forth that he didn't appreciate what I do more right brain, more empathic work, more, you know, sensitive work, more artistic work. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he didn't get it. So when he got to see me speak, I think that was the first time he realized, wow, like, you know, now he gets what I was doing. Now he understands why I was doing things and he learned to accept me and that I'm, taking this seriously it took a few years but you know and and i think that you know we talk about you know creating a you know a shift in the home that was my shift for him to accept that i was shifting and he had to follow through i think a lot of people are afraid of that you know the ripple effect is Mm -hmm. really true you know you start doing 
something and entire in time, you know, it'll follow. Others will follow you and, and go, you know, go in the same direction as you do. And I think a lot of women are afraid of making that change and stirring up the home and the harmony of it. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of people too. You have a lot of people getting married older and things like that. And I think a lot of people have a lot of fear. Um, it's fear of failure. It's fear of lack of identity. It's fear of a whole lot of things. And I just want women to know that it's a, like we have these feelings and it happens, but it's doable. And when you have the right tribe behind mm -hmm. you, as you said, if you're making a ripple effect, there's no problem being a trendsetter. Be a leader. Right. You know, just because you don't see anybody right. doing it, but it comes to your mind and your intuition's telling you that this is what you're supposed to do. Intuition's a gift, right. but we, we often fight it, you know, and if, you know, right. you feel like you did your justice and you raised your kids and now it's your time. I tell people all the time, I love working with people in transition because people transitioning from the military to civilian life, people going from retirement to, you know, from working to retirement. I mean, you have so many people that are just like, okay. I signed up for this. I finished this. What's next? And a lot of that, even going from single to married and married to single or divorced to whatever, these are, these are periods of our life that, mm -hmm. that it, they're adverse, but they cause us to grow. I mean, we just have to, we have to go with it and, and use it, you know, to propel us forward. Um, I want to ask each of you, mm -hmm. what are 10 tips to finding your true identity. I want you both to resonate with that so that and come up with something because we often talk about identity and it's such a a um it's a it's a huge concept and and sometimes as coaches we don't really narrow down what we mean by things, but I want you guys to specifically think of 10 things that can give somebody direction on how to find their identity, whether it be in role, culture, social, whatever aspect you feel is important, I want you to think of a way to tell somebody to take baby steps. What are the first steps to finding um, their true identity? I think one of the first steps I would suggest to people, and not everybody likes to do it, but I would suggest it, is journaling. I think just stream of consciousness, what comes up, the patterns that come up, you know, write about what you like, what you enjoy, what makes, what brings you joy in your life. Um, you know, your qualities, the good qualities you have, the negative, like who works for you, who would you like to work with? It's just more about um, journaling and that kind of becomes your visual. To write your stream of consciousness, to figure out what it is you enjoy in life, what give you most pleasure, who are the people you like to work with, it just, stream of consciousness just keep writing and, and not editing and not judging and just keep writing and this eventually could become a record or a mirror of your subconscious and what you really want to do in life and figuring out who you are i love that the second thing i would suggest is um this is the age of social media even though social media has let's say 90 percentage of it is this um just show off or not true but there is that 10 percent that is your tribe you can find your tribe and when you find your tribe even and usually these are close group i'll just give an example and, uh, when i was single i had a single mom's group and um, they will uplift you and if you genuinely talk about your things and you may not 
be ready to take any action there but somebody else saying yeah i also feel that yes i also want to do that so find your support system find your tribe when you are ready when you feel that um okay whatever i am right now whatever i define right now is not who i am look at the the smallest change you can make in the the smallest thing that you would like to do for yourself not for anybody else not to please anybody else not to meet any requirements but it's the smallest thing that you can do just because you want to do it that would be a really good step to start and then it will start the avalanche effect and then you will start moving in the right direction mm-hmm. right taking off sage's idea is you know i have my clients um fold a piece of paper in half on one column i write need to do list on the on the other side do want to do list so the mm-hmm. need to do list is for everybody you need you know everything you need to do for your family for everybody else but the want to do list is really basically for yourself things that you know simple as like you know getting a manicure to climb mount kilimanjaro it doesn't really matter it, it could be but and to break it down to small baby steps each item on it and to fit your week with things you need to do and things you want to do if you can do a daily then at least it creates that balance again that give receive the balance of doing things that you have to do and things that you really want to do mm-hmm. so that was my the, another thought i had which is something i tell my a lot of the women is that when you're when you're in relationships and other people tell you oh you can't do that or you're not good enough or or you know what are you thinking about anything that is you know condescending let's just say i always say just hold a mirror up to them put the mirror cuz this is a reflection of their issues and who they are and you should absorb that energy mhm so you know just you know, stay away from the naysayer cuz it's you know they don't think you should do it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it your own belief system listen to the intuition so it's it's um i mean that is the change they are trying to whoever is trying to do they that's the change they are trying to do where um they listen to who to their gut the it's just basic instinct mm-hmm. and just because i tell my kids this all the time they will come home and say that mom so and so called me this name and i ask them um i i i always go by I, if i say the sky is green is the sky green mm-hmm. and they go no yeah. and then i said that's exactly how it is you are who you are it doesn't matter what other people tell you what other people call you but to have that faith take baby steps towards it it's um it's doable it's very very doable if all of us can do it it's a it's very doable it really is and i think we need to learn how to conquer the fear because fear the acronym could be you know false expectations appearing real and that's what it is it's just images in our head or old belief systems that we were trained to believe in um and that's all stories it's just stories we tell ourselves why we can't 
you know, do what we want to do. We make excuses for ourselves instead of saying, you know, this is just a story. And then, you know what? We're so busy listening to that inner critic, that story, that we don't hear our own inner wisdom, which is the intuition Saj was talking about. So, um, you know, I, I actually wrote a, a chapter called Crossing Bridges in an anthology called um, uh, Life Sparks. And it, I call it like Crossing Bridges because all these bridges we, we want to cross but there's, but like in the story, Billy Goat Gruff, Three Billy Goat Gruff, there's always that troll underneath the bridge who's mm -hmm. telling us we can't cross it. So we need to identify the troll, identify who it is, what it is saying, who, what, who's that inner critic, and what's it saying, so we can push that troll aside and come up with a more, you know, the opposite story and stop believing mm -hmm. the opposite story. And don't doubt, you know, that self-doubt is the worst Thing. yes um and so, yeah. I, even listening to others you know i was just having the same talk Saj, with my 13 year old last night about something somebody said on the bus and something somebody said in the lunchroom yesterday and i i asked her i was like are you ugly are you stupid what why are we having this conversation i understand that it hurts things but people do mm -hmm. things just nowadays just because they have nothing else to do and, you know, I think it's also worse because, you know, the kids now have um, even headphones in their heads. So the other kids mm -hmm. that don't are fighting for attention. And I told her, I said, a lot of this is just attention-seeking behavior. So that projection that other people have that yes. they put on us, it took me a really long time to understand that concept. But projection is real. And yeah. if we are insecure in ourselves, other people's projection will, it will, uh, it'll penetrate. And that's what we can't allow. That's why you have to put up that mirror. And that's why you have to put up the mirror against that person so it doesn't penetrate and just reflect back at them. Let it zap them. So how many tips, <laughs> how many tips do we have left? We have two more. So I, I got seven on the, on the, on the paper. So we, we need two more. Um, let's see. I, I, I think you just have to, you know, once you figure out what you want in your life and who you are, I think you have to claim it. You have to say it over and over again. You have to start believing it and you have to start letting other people believe it. I have a really you know, when silly... I first go ahead. Sorry. When I first started my, you know, working and doing my business and I remember networking and everybody's giving their 30 second elevator pitch and I'm like giving my <laughs> elevator pitch with like with a question mark at the end. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you know, I feel like I, I have the imposter syndrome. And, yep. and everybody, you know, and everybody's telling me, oh, you just have to fake it till you make it. And I had to learn to fake it till I make it. And, and, and then, you know, it just, and it, I started believing it. When you start believing it, it's like Goebbels, Goebbels, not that I'm happy about repeating who he is. He was, uh, he was one of the Nazi war criminals. One thing he said is if you repeat a lie often enough, you start believing it. Yep. So if you start believing that we are, you know, we are meant to do what we're supposed to do or be who we're supposed to be, if we start believing in ourselves, it'll come out as truth and people start believing it too. It's kind of like, you know, if you, love yourself you respect yourself all of a sudden you start attracting people who will love and respect you too i call that show up and show out you just yes. show up you just you have to you just show up and you show out you show up and you be you and it will it'll work you just keep doing it just and i'm here up showing up you. and i'm being me <laughs> i'm that's here right. showing up to be me <laughs> that's right that's right what are you gonna say yeah. i this is 10 
just I totally lost my t- t- train of thought. And because I, I was trying to identify, I I do identify with what Susan said. It's just, um, there is the, uh, Amy Cuddy, she wrote the book called Presence. And um, in it, she describes it exactly as it is. And most of the time, the hardest part is to show up. But just show up. And, and easier to run than it is to show up. Yes. But what's the ultimate, I mean, what's the end result? What will happen if you run? That's a thought that I always, always think that, yeah, that is easy, but what am I getting at the end of it? I call that Groundhog Day. <laughs> the same thing happens I'm over sorry? and over again. It, I call it Groundhog Day. It's the same thing over and over again if you do the same thing. It's that insanity. And you wake up and it's the same day over again because you're going through the motions and you're not doing anything different. And you so have to I used to cycle. tell people that. Yeah, I used to tell people that all the time. I'm like, it's Groundhog Day. I watched the cycle of destruction, like go literally. I could like, I could, um, I could uh, predict exactly how my life mm-hmm. was unfolding over and over again. I was like, okay, this is the same pattern. Like I'm, I can almost count on the calendar what's going to happen next. And then I realized, okay, you're the problem because you're doing the same thing the same way, expecting a different result. And as I was teaching my clients in the treatment center, I was like, okay, I am the definition of insanity. <laughs> and I, I had to realize that I was the problem. And then I just started doing the opposite of everything I was doing. And you know what? I'm going to recap the 10 steps. The 10 steps to identifying your true identity. Journaling. Journal. Because the one thing that you cannot do is when you're writing and you're writing without distraction, you are actually in tune with yourself. And I love that because it's something I used to do and couldn't wait. When we were little girls, could, did y'all used to want the journal that had the lock and the key? Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course we do. <laughs> that was a thing. That was a thing. That was a thing. Okay. And number two, social media. Not social media for you to compare yourself to others, but social mm-hmm. media for you to get support groups. I know I have about 10 support groups yes. online. Everything from single parenting to business to being raised by mental illness to yes. um, total wellness. Nice. I mean, you can find so yeah. much research and support, but you could really find your tribe. And some of my closest friends are people I've never met. And that mm. is okay. And we got to start tapping into our resources. And Absolutely. those resources are at your fingertips. Number three, make a needs and wants list. And I totally love this because we do mm-hmm. pros and cons lists. Needs and wants list is the same thing. And actually, some of our wants are actual needs. And we have to be okay with that because a manicure may be an actual need. It's me time. It's self-care. Some of these things that we think that are just, you know, um, luxury items, they're actually not. They're sanity items. So it's okay that, you know, we make a needs want list and we, we do what we need to do for ourselves. Number four, use the mirror. Use the mirror. Do not allow anyone to project themselves on you. Shine bright. Shine it back on them. Number five. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I, I love that. Up, I just came up with that. Thank you for the <laughs> help. So I'm just trying to make these memorable. Um, number five, <laughs> conquer fear. Um, I have a tattoo, fearless faith. Conquer it. You just you can't have faith and fear. They don't coincide. So you got to mm-hmm. choose. Conquer fear. Um, number six, old belief systems. Swipe left or right, whichever <laughs> one. Swipe it. Old belief systems. Get them out. Because we're not in that age, we are in the new age, and it is whatever you want it to be. Number seven, don't doubt. We don't doubt. You can't, you can't have um, abundance and doubt. 
they don't go together either. So um, no doubt. Um, number eight, claim you. Love that. One of y'all said that. Mm -hmm. Claim you. Um, I always say endorse yourself. That's one of my things. Endorse yourself because nobody else is going to endorse you. You have to endorse yourself. Um, number nine, show up and show out. Even if you're afraid and you are making that leap and you want to do something in your life, whether it's a job, marriage, starting a business, having a kid, I don't care what it is, um, you go for it. You do it, you show up, and you show out. You can show up and not know what the hell to do after, and that's okay. You just show up and show out. Just try your best, and your best is good enough. Number 10, presence. One of y'all said presence, mm -hmm. and with that, I put execute. Be present in your situation. Be present in your day. Be present in your time. You can't get time back. And we're always sitting and waiting for the perfect time to make a move. And there is no perfect time. Sleep. Just sleep. <laughs> you just got to do it. Because, you know, we all have done it. You know, we want the perfect time to do this. The perfect time. Oh, what are you waiting on? Oh, I'm waiting for the kids to get older. I'm waiting for this. Waiting for that. No. That's an excuse. We, that's an excuse we give it. Thank that's you. it. Thank, and that's fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It and is. Out. Totally. Yep. And all that. Totally. It is. And insecurity. <laughs> that doesn't live here anymore. So um, <laughs> be present and execute. Do yes. you ladies have any last words for our listeners? Um, I'm, I'm happy to help anybody out there. I'd like to offer a 30-minute consultation for anybody who's trying to find their identity, trying to figure out how to move forward, finding out what it is that they, they need in their life, I'd be happy to offer that 30-minute consultation. Feel free to reach out to me at Art Men's Hearts. That's A-R-T-M-E-N-D-S-H-E-A-R-T-S at gmail.com. And you can also find me on www.artmensheart.com. All right, all right. That's Susan Gripe, y'all. What about um, that? Uh, I want to encourage people to, I want to leave a good note that there's that you can do this. I mean, first and foremost thing is to believe that I can do this. So you can do this. And it comes with um, a lot more happiness and um, joy than you would ever imagine so go for it identity is one of the biggest things that self-created identity is one of the biggest thing you can give to yourself so that's you can do right. this that's right that's i it. always i associate it with peace and i think of that because i feel like my whole life has been a race it's like been a jungle and it's like, now I have peace. I have peace when I open my eyes in the morning knowing that I'm doing what I was designed to do. And some days I don't even know what that is. I wake up to new opportunities every day. Yesterday we added a conference date. I was like, no, no, we added another city. <laughs> like, I don't even know what some stuff is, but it's opportunity. And when you, when you just, when you believe the impossible, you, you just, you have no idea what that, what, what your life's going to look like. Open up the possibilities. If you say no, then you never know what is gonna, what is waiting for you. Just if you fail, that's okay. Get up and try again. That's how oh, we learn. learn. Yeah, that's yes. how it is. We learn way success more from only failure comes. than we do success. Yes, right. Success only. You have to feel to understand success. You know, exactly. you have to deal with pain to appreciate pleasure. You know, they go 
again, say that again, again, Susan, say that again. I'll say it again. And you think about giving birth. You have to experience pain. (laughs) (laughs) You have to endure pain to get pleasure at the end of it. Very true. Very true. Sash, can you tell listeners how to find you? Um, I am on Facebook. You can search for me, Sajata Jaffer. And I have a website that's um, sajatajaffer.com. And um, if anybody's interested, I just wrote a book. It, it, it's all my stories that, that just I combined into a small book. And um, um, it will be interesting it's, um, uh, to, to tell stories. So that's I'm awesome. on Facebook as well as on my website. Yay! Well, I want to thank both of you for being here. Um, we could talk about identity and different perspective. I mean, we got topics galore. Uh, we could go on for days. But thank you guys for being here because it's something that I think that every woman needs to tap into, have a conversation with, have a coach, go through themselves with some personal development. Because this is something that until you start scratching this surface, no matter what you're doing, whether it's a business, working, having a family, it's not going to make sense. This is the foundation. And so I want listeners, y'all need to really tap into who you are and what you want to be, um, because that is, uh, it's huge. And, you know, if, if you're, you're not aligned with who you're designed to be and what you're doing with your life, it's never going to make sense. So um, thank you guys for being here. Thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. <laughs> And listeners, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and stay powerful.